0: Thank you. Honey, you want to say hello? Yeah. Yeah. Come, Christine, just greet everyone first, say hi and. Hi, Tom.
1: Thank you. Hello. (laughs) We are so glad to be in Tasmania. This is actually our first, first time, so thank you, Russ and Mary, for having us. And Redemption Hills Church, we are so excited to be with you. Our church is praying and they're so excited that we are here and our prayer team is actually praying currently for this time that you experience a radical touch from heaven. You know, these these moments, you know, when we feel a touch and a kiss from heaven, when we have a kiss from Jesus, it's to draw us into a secluded place so you can have intimate times. This private uh, display of affection from the Father is to take us to a private place with Him. Amen. So I just pray that you just keep on engaging with Him. And keep drawing from him because I have so much to draw from God too, even as I sit here and listen to my amazing husband. And so good, so good. Actually, to give you a little bit of inside news our first son is about to have a baby. We're about to be grandparents. (laughs) Actually, when we were coming here, they called, actually, before we came here, they called us and they said, we're on our way to the hospital. So, it's our first grandbaby. We are so excited to do kingdom with them. They're on our pastoral team. Uh, Two of our boys are on pastoral team and third one very soon. We have four boys and a girl. Two of them are married and our third son is about to get married this year. We're so excited for what God is about to do. Amen.
0: So good. Awesome, is very loud, so I can bring it down a little bit. I would speak from down there, but you might not see me if I was down there, because I'm so short, but um, I, I, uh, it's a real privilege and a real honour to share God's word. He's so amazing and loves us so dearly. I really enjoyed God's presence. God's going to minister to her. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We bless you, Lord. All good. You know, about what Jesus said, that if two or more people are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of you. And so just because people gather together doesn't mean you're having church. I think the best definition of church is when Jesus is there. Because you're not really having church unless Jesus is there. True. So unless two or more people are gathered in my name, Jesus says, I'm going to be there when you're gathered in my name. And and um, lately, the Lord just, I don't know, He's allowing, really pressing on my heart of, his, of, of being aware of him, like we have in the worship, being so aware of his presence. And the Lord said to me once, just recently, he said, how would you speak about me if I was standing in the room? How would you speak about me because... Any person's job when they speak about Jesus is to point people to Jesus. Is like Paul said that you know he 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 wanted to present the bride to Jesus as a pure virgin, and he said, "I'm, "I'm concerned that as Satan deceived Eve, that you might be led astray from your simple devotion to Jesus. Simple devotion." simple loving intimate relationship with Jesus so church is all about him and so what I want to talk about is something that I feel God is doing globally in a big way and I'm sure he's already started in this city and in this church but God I really believe with all my heart God is bringing his bride back to Jesus back to being in love with him and the privilege of serving on a team, uh, the NCMI you know, team, NCMI New Covenant Ministry team, is, is made up of Ephesians 4 gifted people, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. I think we started partnering with them about um, literally 26, 27, close to 27 years ago. And so our church was only three years old in the Lord, you know, as a church. And we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a clue what we were doing, actually, because I got saved at, 19 started the church at 22. So I had three years of being a Christian and the Lord called me to plant a church. So by being, but the Lord in his grace connected us to Dudley and and the team and and it helped us. I can't tell you how much it helped us to give us the blueprint on how to do church. It's because the blueprint is in the word, the model, the pattern, every word you want to use. Model, pattern, blueprint, the way. Like God hasn't left us in the dark. You know, he hasn't, just, he hasn't said, just go do church and, and find your way. He actually told us exactly how it should be done. And it's in the word to be seen. And, and so the team being in partnership with them has really helped us because of the different gifts. It's God's model. Look, I, I really believe the Bible. Do you believe the Bible? I really, really believe it. And if, if Ephesians 4, verse 11, says that Jesus gave gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, evangelists, teachers, and it's these gifts being exposed and under their ministry that help equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. We've had it all the other way around a lot of times. We thought the evangelist was supposed to come in and do all the evangelizing. Now the evangelist's main job is to equip the saints to do the works of service, to do the evangelizing. The pastor's main job is to equip the saints to do the pastoring, to shepherd, to disciple, to love, because we're all priests. you know. And there's been a great... Shaking worldwide because of the coronavirus and, and the shutdown and the lockdown. I mean could you imagine, don't you feel like you're living in a movie, uh, movie plot? I don't know about you, but I felt like that in Sydney, uh, you know, when it first started, and everyone got shut down. And I mean in Australia, the pubs got shut down. Football, rugby league, you know, all the different things, and, and restaurants. I mean, everything you could possibly make a God, it was almost shut down. And I understand you can actually bring it into the home because I heard the alcohol consumption went up when everything got shut down. Everyone went to go buy alcohol at home. So I know you can create your own little gods and be the gamer in the movies and you get addicted to all these things. But it was a perfect timing for God to get our attention. The Lord wanted us just to shut down and get before him. There's, there's been a shaking so that whatever foundation you, you were on, if it wasn't the kingdom, it's going to be undone. I don't know about your city, our city. We've seen some people that, where are they now? They're not even going to church anymore. A little bit of shaking. A little oh, we'll have to watch online because we can't go, we can't meet and all that sort of stuff, all the restrictions. This is worldwide. This is not just our, our nation. So the, the shaking is, is, is uh, you know, God's going to use it. He wants to get our attention. Yes. He really does. He wants, to, he wants us to get back to the Lord. I heard a, a, a lady prophetess in, in, in sydney and she's very well known very well respected and something on on, on facebook i think it was it was like a, a t- almost a 20 minute spill of what she believed the lord was doing and it was so fresh, refreshing to hear it was a completely different movement from in, in a different stream that that um from what we are and that what we are doing and yet she was speaking new testament and she was saying things like, I believe God's going to get rid of hierarchy and, and, and God wants to, the priesthood of all believers and everyone activated and everyone operating in their God-given gifts. And, and, and she's just talking about you know um, things that we were so take for granted, maybe because we've grown up in it. But she was sort of saying, God is going to bring us to new things. And the new things was basically the old things that's written in the Bible. Does it make sense? It's stuff that we've been exposed to or fighting for. The priesthood of all believers. We could say it, but when you demonstrate it, you're empowering everyone. Like We don't have to think, Oh, hang on, I have to be an elder before I can pray for the sick and see them get healed. No, you have to be a believer. Because Jesus says, a believer shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You know, you don't think oh, I have to be an, a, a full-time something or an evangelist. I have to be a pastor and then I'll be anointed. No, it's not this position, this hierarchy that the world has. We don't adopt the system of the world and bring it into the church. The church structure is family. That's it. It's family. And so when I heard her say that, it was refreshing and encouraging. I thought, well, Lord, this is, this is in the Bible. So I don't see anything new except God bringing us back to what's here. Does that make sense? Again, the privilege of hearing apostolic guides and, and being not, you know, exposed to different gifts in, in, in the body is... Um, I remember Dudley speaking about 15 years ago. He was in Adelaide and he preached about the kingdom. This is when nobody was talking about the kingdom. And he said Jesus' message was the gospel of the kingdom. And Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. If you want to know what Jesus' message was about, it was the good news of the kingdom. Yeah. Repent for the kingdom of, ha- kingdom of God is at hand. What was his message? It was the kingdom. We never preached the kingdom. Most people around the world didn't talk about the kingdom. We preached in our own little thing. And now worldwide, everyone's talking about it's about the king and his kingdom. Like, and the same thing, Tyron, who leads the team, I think you, you, most of you met him last year, if you know of Tyron, but, but he leads the NCMI team. And for how long? I don't know how long now, six, seven, maybe eight years. He's been speaking about it's all about Christ, bring everything back to Christ. It all is about Jesus. It's all about Christ. And he kept hammering and hammering and hammering. That's what apostolic ministry does. Brings you back to the blueprint. Brings you back to the Bible. And last year in October, I think finally got took all that time to sort of get through to me. And, and I thought, you know, I'm going to just look in the word for myself. I'm going to go into the New Testament and study the word Jesus, everywhere Jesus is mentioned, everywhere about Christ, and just do my own little search and study the scripture and, and see what the Bible has to say about him. And I found, wow, Everything's about Jesus i 'm serious, and you might think, like, hang on a sec, like when, when we worship, you can go to church and you don 't even know who you're worshiping, sometimes yeah. the songs don 't even explain what are we doing like, what are we, Sometimes the songs is about encouraging each other, and sometimes it's about warfare, warfare, prayer, and encouraging ourselves, and I our walk by faith. remember that old song, I walk by faith, each step by faith. Well anyone can sing that but, you know, <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's like it's like this. And yet we, the worship is all about a lot of things and not about Jesus. Today we, we knew who we were worshiping. Today we worship Jesus and everything was about him. And why did why did he come? Because where anyone is gathered in my name, I'm there. And his presence is here. And sometimes when you when when that's I mean, there's a place for encouraging praise. You can stir each other up in scripture. I think there's a place. But with all the songs and every time we meet is. You almost the word, you know, it's almost we don't know who we're singing about. We have to almost guess. And yeah, well, I'm trying to make a point. And a lot of times what we end up doing, is say, wow, wasn't the worship good? Yeah. Wasn't well, the band well, those, they were amazing. And we, we're talking about the experience of worship yeah. rather than saying, I believe there's a time coming and is already here that we are gonna say, wasn't Jesus amazing? Yeah. Because it's actually not about the people. The, the, it's not a performance. They, they should get almost not seen and not aware that they're there because they're leading us to Him. Yes, good. The preaching shouldn't be, wow, wasn't the preaching good? I loved your sermon. That was amazing preaching. He said, wasn't Jesus amazing in what He said? I saw Jesus in a way I never knew before. I believe the Lord's bringing the great, you know, the world's talking. I don't know if you heard that the world's talking about the great reset economical reset and there's all these conspiracy things about the great reset and they want to reset things well God's on his great reset and he wants to reset everyone back to Jesus his son and you know what it's not a new thing because it was in the Bible from the beginning amen Uh, I'm I'm stirred about this because we started teaching it late November or around mid or early November and we're still and a whole vision for the year now sometimes every year you have a vision what's the it's usually always the same to know Jesus and make him known we just repackage it and say it in another way. But it's always going to be know Jesus and make him known. Because that's it. That's what we're about. To know Jesus and make him known. So our vision for the year is Jesus. That's it. Jesus. And we're going to preach it. Anything you preach about. Let me say marriage. If I talk on marriage, my understanding of teaching on marriage. If I don't mention Jesus, I haven't done a good job on teaching on marriage because you can learn all about marriage and all the skills and all the things but Jesus is the model of marriage because he says Ephesians 5 says love uh, husbands love your wife as Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her washing her with the washing of the water by his word he sacrificed himself he, he washed her. so he's given us the model of how to love our wives so I can't teach on marriage without Jesus if I talk on finances if I on, teach on tithing who do we tithe to? to the high priest Jesus we don't give it to a person. We don't give it to a church. We actually give it to God. So you can't teach on finances or generosity without explaining, we actually do this for Jesus. And, and I, I st- when you, The reason why it's important, I'm trying to catch the heart behind it, not a message that's going to be, mm, that, that, uh, that was a good pro- thought-provoking message. But I want us to see the wisdom in God's word that when we all get back to what we're supposed to preach on, Everything about our relationship with Him will be on fire. Yeah. It really will. We'll hear. will hear everything we do. I'm convinced. Like, let me let me show you something in um, John chapter five, verse thirty-nine. Jesus is talking to the Jews, and He Himself says this: "You search the Scriptures because in because you think that in them you have eternal life." You search the Scriptures, you study the Scriptures, you, like you devote yourselves to the Scriptures because you think in them there is eternal life. The word eternal life is Zoe life, but it speaks of absolute life. You know, it's almost like it can go into you. think In the Scriptures, you're going to find success, you're going to find prosperity, you're going to find blessings, you're going to find all these things that you actually want. I, I, want, to, I want to stop for a second. We were created by God to be successful and to be prosperous and to be blessed. We were created to want to win. You don't get up in the morning, oh, I want to have a bad day today. I want to fail today miserably. I just want to, I just want to wreck my life. No, you don't do that. You want to win. You want to be successful. It's God-given gift, God-given desire. We're made in His image and we want to do well in life. No one wants to fail, right? So it's a, it's a good thing. But if we only go after that and you don't go after Jesus, it'll mess you up. I explained why. Look what Jesus says. It is these things that testify about me. He says, you're searching the scriptures because you're thinking them have life. But the scriptures testify, testify about me and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. The scriptures speak about me, Jesus says. But you don't come to me because you're looking for success. The next principle, you know, blessings and prosperity. You're looking for life. But the scriptures speak about me. Why don't you just come to me? See, so Jesus is about relationship. Jesus is all about relationship. right? And, you, and he goes, I do not receive glory from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. The whole scripture speak about Jesus and they couldn't find him because they were looking for the right thing. They're looking for prosperity, blessings, success, their own accolations. They wanted the praises of people. So they were looking in the Scriptures for the wrong things. They weren't looking for Jesus. Yet the Scriptures speak of Jesus. And Jesus goes on, How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. Here we go again. He's saying in the book all that Moses wrote about was about me. I'm talking about Jesus. Moses spoke about me, but you, you say you believe Moses. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? The whole purpose of the scripture was to bring us to Jesus. And I've, I, I've, I've seen people, and, and I've been there too, because I'm on a journey and I'm on a process where we'll pay a price because we want to succeed. We'll pay a price in God, we'll even pray and fast and be anointed. I want to be anointed because everybody wants to succeed. I'm a pastor. I want my church to grow. So I'm going to pay a price. But if I pay a price and fast and seek God because I want to be anointed so that the church can grow, it's actually the wrong reason. It's actually the wrong per- motive and purpose. And please hit my heart. I think this is why people, their hearts are in, I want to succeed. I'll pay a price. So In other words, I want to, I want to spend time with God. I'll, I'll read the scripture because I want to be anointed. And I want people to see that I can preach. And this is, gets a little bit... I don't know. I've been very vulnerable because this is how it is. And so when, you got, when you're not looking at Jesus, you're not spending time with him, you're not looking into his face, you can pray and fast. And I went on a fast and someone said to me, why are you fasting? So you can have power? Actually, I'm actually fasting to get closer to Jesus. I want to know him more. See, so if I know him, the power, the fruits, the life will come. All that will come. But that's not why I'm doing it. I want to know him. And I've learned true holiness and true purity, giving up sin and killing the flesh and dying to the flesh and crucifying the flesh. It's all over the New Testament. But the re- the right way to do it is because I don't want to hurt you, Jesus. I don't want to hinder our relationship. If I choose to sin, I'm grieving your heart and will hinder my relationship. That's why I don't want to be. That's why I want to be pure. That's why I want to stay holy. This makes sense. It's this pure love with Jesus. If, you, if you're motivated to be disciplined and, you know, I won't sin and I won't do this because I want to be anointed. And I want to be the man of power. Then that won't hold water in the long run. Because once you get the success you think you needed and you got, then what was motivating you is no longer there. And that's why people fall. And great men and great women greater than us fall. I'm not saying that's all the wrong motive. I'm just saying we can get our eyes off Jesus. And that's why we've got to make sure we stay with Jesus. And, and, and he becomes everything he becomes our life he, 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 he's the reason for what we do I, I started looking at scriptures and it's oh, over the Bible and I've got I can't do this even if I had three weeks every day talking to you you can't cover it do you hear my heart the way God's designed it, it's for you to look so there'll be a, trusting an impartation that when you pick up the New Testament you're going to see these things things that weren't open to you before you're going to go wow it is true it's, it's all about Jesus. It's everywhere. It's everything about him. But I looked, I mean, you know, Christ is the creator. First Colossians Colossians 1:17 Christ is before all things. Colossians 1:17 Christ is all things because of Christ all things exist that in all things he might have the preeminence. Christ is the fullness. that, that in Christ dwells all of God's fullness. Think about Christ the Bible says in Colossians that God created the world through Christ. So Christ is the Creator. Of course, we should be speaking and glorifying and praising and speaking about Him in church, not just a nice, good message and a motivational message, a few points and some success tips. All right. And when we hear, when we're on this diet completely, I'm telling you, we will be forever behold. I love that song, the Beholding song. Just glorifies, 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 and behold Him. Behold him. The only way you and I will change is actually when we behold Jesus. The Bible says we we look into the, we behold him, and actually we're transformed into the same image of his glory as we behold his glory. Only when I see his glory through revelation, and I can't get revelation without relationship. So relationship gives me revelation. I see his glory, a, a revelation of truth. I become that when I'm acting on it, living it. So, Colossians 12.12 12 says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. I like that. He started our faith and he's going to perfect it. He's going to complete it. He's going to finish our faith. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. When you build a building, in those days they had a particular cornerstone that they measured the whole foundation with there and there. And they measured it from there. He is the chief cornerstone. The apostles and the prophets are also the foundation. But everything the apostles and prophets teach is all about Jesus. Because we align ourselves to Him. Jesus is the head of the church. Shouldn't we be speaking about Him if He's the head of the church? Jesus is the Lord. I mean, come on. There's so many. We just go on for ages. In Colossians 1 verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks He becomes foolishness. And He goes, For I determined, this is in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, Paul's saying, I'm coming to you and I'm going to preach Christ and Him crucified. It sounded like his message was all about Christ. Yeah. He, was the, he was the great master builder, Paul the Apostle. And he says, I don't want to know anything among you except Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. And he goes in Galatians three, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. In other words, that's what we preached about. Acts 5:42 and daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christos the anointed one they did not stop teaching and preaching everywhere they went about Christ. You look at the book of Acts, look at their message, it's Christ and his resurrection. Christ and him crucified, Christ and his resurrection. Paul when we went to Athens, he, he pleaded with them and he, and he spoke to them intellectually, but then he brought Christ and his resurrection. That was his message in Christ all the fullness of God dwells we, we said that um, Christ has reconciled all things to himself he's the one that reconciled everything when you hear about the, the gospel the good news you and I could not have saved ourselves it's impossible because we were born in sin yeah. God made us in his image our spirit and we have a soul and we, have, we live in a body but our spirit was made in the image of God but in Adam we died All of us died. We were spiritually dead to God. And and that's why we had to get born again. Our spirit that was dead had to get born again. How does that happen? When you hear the gospel. When you hear the good news. You can't get born again without hearing the gospel. When you hear what Jesus did for you on the cross. And it was a gift of mercy and a gift of grace. And God did everything in Him for us. Christ didn't do anything for Himself. He did it for mankind. He paid the penalty on your behalf. He identified himself with our sin. He had no sin. But then he, him who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin on the cross. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus never committed sin to become sin. He became sin on the cross. We don't, be, we don't commit righteousness to become righteous. We become righteous by faith. And because we get the exchange, it really actually happens. It's like a transaction in your spirit. I believe a spirit that's dead is resurrected when the Word of God is the seed. The heart is the ground. The water is the Holy Spirit, germinates that seed of the Word of God and resurrects your dead spirit. And now you're alive to God. Alive. And now we see ourselves, we we have to learn to see ourselves the way God sees us. God is so willing. We're singing, you know, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit. God has already poured out his spirit. He actually has. Jesus died on the cross so that he could pour out his spirit. The whole purpose of the gospel was so that God can move his home in you. That's the whole purpose. Paul says, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Just think about that for a second. The temple of the Holy Ghost. My body, your body is the temple. Mobile temple, by the way, everywhere you go. God is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You can't get a deeper revelation than that. That God lives in me. What is this mystery of this? The, the mystery of the gospel? Colossians says it's the hope of glory, Christ in you. What is this mystery? It's the hope of glory. Earnest expectation of glory. Christ in you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, Paul said. What was he talking about? He talking about the glory. And he's using the whole Old Testament. Remember he was talking about Moses' face shining when he spent time with God and the glory that was on him was so much that they couldn't even look at his face. They had to put a veil there. Yes, And yet that's an, an inferior covenant. You've got a greater covenant. Yes, that, that was glorious, but it has nothing in comparison to the glory that has been revealed. It's so like the moon has got some glory about it, but it can't compare to the sun. And I reckon in the New Testament, now we've got the son's glory in reflection to what the Old Testament had. It's based on better promises. It's not a a, a cover your sin, I eradicated your sin. And because he eradicated, we're so forever grateful. We want to love him and serve him back. It's a relationship again. And that's why you and I can only live through relationship. It's not religion. Can you see everything that I'm saying and everything that the Bible says, it cannot be built on religion. It cannot be built on rules and regulations. It has to be built on a love relationship with Him. It's the only way it works. Real life comes that way. Amen. It says we have, have absolute right standing with God. Christ presents us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight. Colossians 1 verse 22. I love that. I am a baby Christian reading that, God, Christ presents me holy, unblameable, unreproachable. You cannot be accused. In his sight means in his presence. If, there's an if there, you continue in the faith. Right. If you continue in the faith, well, I'm continuing in the faith, held out in the gospel, held out in the gospel that was given to you. Well, I'm holding out that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that's what covers my sin. I'm continuing in the faith. Because of my faith in him, I'm presented holy. Without blame, and so are you. We've got to see ourselves that way. There's nothing, you know. One time I was a baby, baby Christian, and I'm learning these things in very early days of my Christian walk, probably a few months. And I was worshiping in my bedroom, trying to draw close to God, trying to, I was worshiping and doing my best to pour out my heart to Him. And as I'm pouring out my heart in song and my little guitar, three chords, just a few little chords that I learned. And I'm, I remember crying out my heart, crying and singing. And I remember th- in my heart, I, started, I had this complaint. I said, oh God, if it wasn't for my sin, I would get closer to you. Because I was getting closer. because In song, I'm feeling him. And I felt like I couldn't get any closer because I had guilt, shame around. And then the Lord said, Leo, it's not your sin that's the problem. He said, it's you not knowing what I have done about your sin. That's the problem. Because I've heard some messages about righteousness, that he did it all for me, but I still was in my works. I was still driven to please God. I was trying to be good enough. If I live good, then he's happy with me. If I, if I mess up, oh, he's angry with me. So I was serving him in my strength. Does that make sense? Yeah. If I read the Bible for two hours a day, and I read, pray for two hours a day, and all of a sudden, I only pray for half an hour, or I only read the Bible for half an hour, then I'm not doing as good as I have been. So I don't think I'm pleasing him. That's that's works. That's just works. That's just me driven, thinking that he loves me when I'm doing well and he doesn't love me when I'm that is still not realizing how much he loves us. He loves you with an everlasting, eternal love. If you were the only person on the planet to die for. I really believe with all my heart, Jesus would have come through a virgin birth, lived a perfect life for 33 years, totally obey the Father, and die that cruel death just for you. There's no one else to die for in the world, just you. He would have done it just for you. Sometimes, you know, I was talking to the Lord and, and I'm opening up my heart to him and, and I, think I was reading a book that told that this before. He said, you know, write, write something to God and then listen to what God has to say back to you. And so I wasn't writing it, but I said to the Lord, Lord, I love you. And he started saying, he just said something like, Leo, I love you. And he goes, Leo, if, the, if there was no one else to love, just you, no one else on the planet to love, he goes, I wouldn't love you any more than I already do now. Because sometimes we, we, we treat God like he's a human, that he gives his love away to so many people, billions of people. And so I'm only one person left. So surely he's only got a little bit left for me. You know what I mean? Because if there's no one else to love, I've got no, I have no one in heaven to love, I have no one on the earth to love, there's no one else but you. I would not love you more than I already do now. You gotta stop and bask in that love and receive it and actually believe that your self worth because of your value becomes Lord. I was valued to you that you died on the cross for me. Do you see that? I know that I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Like when I when I get before heaven, I'm gonna throw down myself on the throne and I'm gonna go because I know it's all him. It was all you. It had nothing to do with it. It's all you. So that's that's the humility that we can walk in. But I know I'm so valued in His presence. Yeah. Come on. I know He loves me so much. And that, so there's a, a, I think the holy brokenness. When we talk about brokenness. It's almost like this brokenness is like Lord. I know that I'm absolutely nothing and I'm undone without you. But I don't feel broken. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the word can give us a wrong picture that uh, you have to be broken. Humility is brokenness. No, I don't feel broken. I actually feel whole in His presence. I can feel broken in the sense that, Lord, without You, I'm absolutely nothing. And that's a beautiful broken heart, knowing that without You, I'm nothing. I'm no one, and I can't do anything without You. But I don't feel like I need to be put back together because I'm all hurting. I actually feel so whole, so peace. That's what the presence of God does. And that's why it has to be all about Jesus. We've seen great men of God that we have revered. The world is revered. Their knowledge, their truth. And and yet we hear they've fallen. Or they had a lifestyle that wasn't living up to the truth. Because you can speak on an amazing truth, but you've got to know the person. And I thought about it today when we were driving here Earlier on, that Jesus says, "Not everyone that does the will of my Father will make it to heaven." Remember when he said that, Yes, many will say, "I prophesied in your name. I did miracles in your name." And he says, "Depart from me, I never knew you. It's all about relationship. You can preach in my name, you can know, you can do miracles, but if you, it's all about knowing. What, what, what's the point of not coming in? You didn't know me. You did things in my name, again, for probably your own self-promotion, but did you know me? That's why we've got to get back to the Bible. The great reset is to Jesus. It's all about love relationship with him, how magnificent he is, how beautiful he is. You know, the whole um, fivefold ministry, as we mentioned earlier apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers think about the the authenticity and all the the uniqueness of their gifts. They're very, very different to each other. Every one of their God given gifts has got a given purpose and it's to make us more mature to be like Jesus. One of their main goals is to actually grow us up into Christ so that we can be sons and daughters. So think about that. Just all their gifts is to point us to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Colossians 3.10 says, We are renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him. And it's actually talking about Christ who created Him. So the way we become more like Jesus is through revelation knowledge. When we hear about Jesus. Colossians 3 says in verse 13, Forgive as Christ forgave you. So here's our example of forgiveness. We have to forgive. And this is an everyday life thing, isn't it? Because as long as you're breathing, you have to forgive someone. People disappoint you all the time. We live in a broken world. So you have to find this Christ forgiveness. Father, forgive them on the cross, he said, for they don't know what they're doing. It's this revelation that he forgave them before they even said sorry. He forgave them before they even asked for forgiveness. In his heart, he just forgave. They don't know what they're doing. Isn't that a beautiful way to be free? When you get hurt, disappointed, people attack you, people accuse you, even persecute you. Even whip you and put you in jail. Lay your back stripped bare because of 39 lashes and throw you in jail and then you can still love the persecutor. That's the love of Christ and I, and I believe a believer can live in that because you and I won't live on that unless we believe we can. That's the first, you know, the first. The most important thing you and I will ever learn is everything we receive from the Lord is going to be by faith, by actually believing it. And if you, if you believe a certain thing is because if you don't believe the truth, you automatically believe a lie. True? Jesus says, you know, if you're my disciples, you walk you're walking my word. And because you walk in my word, you will know the truth. And the truth you know, the truth I know, will set you free. But if I don't know the truth, I've got to automatically believe a lie. And if I believe a lie, I'm actually bound by that lie. To the degree that I believe a lie, I'm bound by it. If I think nobody loves me, it's a lie. Yeah. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me around. If you feel rejected and you, know, you weren't loved or weren't cared for, weren't, weren't brought up in a, in, a, in a healthy home, you could believe a lie. But it's not true. But that will hinder you from accepting the truth. What about Colossians 3 verse 16? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We are to allow the words of Christ, so we need to hear the words of Christ all the time, to dwell in us richly. And and the beautiful thing about the Lord is He lets you and I determine how much of the word we want in us. You you and I, I'm as close to the Lord as I want to be. But the more you and I see how much He's beautiful, you want to be close to Him. Lately I've been hearing... I feel that we've got to change our emphasis that paying a price and dying to flesh is not a hard thing. It's, it's actually, it's, it's so, what's the word? it's a word, it's worth it because of him. Because of the beauty of his eyes, the beauty of, your, beauty of his love. It's like, it's like sometimes we talk about, you know, in the past you hear dying to the flesh and you got to do this. And it sounds like, man, we're giving up so much and it's a hard life to give up all this. But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, then you don't, you don't experience His presence. It will be hard, but He's worth it. He really is worth it. If He walked into the room right now, we'd all fall down and melt. Our hearts will melt because of His love. Melt in a beautiful way. You know what I mean? You'd be overwhelmed. You'd go, oh Lord, I feel your love. <laughs> I love crying before the Lord. I cry. I'm Italian. I cry a lot. I'm Sicilian background. <laughs> I love it because there have been times where you know, hasn't been a lot, probably a handful of times in my 30 years walking with the Lord. A handful of times where it got so much that Lord, no more, I can't handle it anymore. You know, this, your presence is too much. No more. I need to have more encounters like that, just to let His love overwhelm you, experience Him, encounter Him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. I mean, how clear is the Bible? Everything you and I do, when you eat and drink, when you, when you spend time with your friends, everything we do is supposed to be in the name of Jesus. One is giving thanks always to God through Jesus. So the very heart of, of appreciation and thankfulness is because of Jesus. Everything is through him. The armour of God is actually Christ's armour. Everything about the armour is actually being clothed with Christ. The breastplate of righteousness cannot be put on you without Christ. It's His righteousness. The sword of the Spirit is His word. The helmet of salvation its all His salvation. It actually is putting on Christ. So your whole armour that protects you is Christ Himself. Mm. freedom is found in christ and there's many many scriptures that talk about freedom in christ but i don't want to just keep going because there's so many scriptures but i, I want to i want us to see that it's it's like that the father's looking at his beautiful bride globally and he's watching his bride coming back to his son because jesus is not coming back until the church is a holy, without spot, without wrinkle. In love, bride with him. In love. And God wants to have religion, but in love with him. Amen? That's the whole, why, the whole purpose why he came. And his presence is here. Let him love you right now. Let him heal hurt. If people let you down, it's human beings like you and I, who are doing our best and in the, in the... Lack of life, light, and lack of revelation. Not knowing any better, we've got to take on. we got, you know, it's almost like we don't know what to do. How, how's the model of the church? We've just got to do something, and, and through that we get hurt. But it wasn't God. There was never God, and that's a good way of saying, "Okay, Lord, I receive healing from You because if man let me down, it wasn't You." And the Lord is bringing His church back to Christ worldwide. There is movements everywhere. That's speaking and preaching about Jesus everywhere. Compared to in the past, it's it's. I believe a, 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 God is doing it. So, Father, we thank you that you you honor your word, and your word says that you confirm your word with signs and wonders. And Jesus, I know that you're here walking among us, just like you say in the Book of Revelations that you're in the midst of the lampstands. So you are here and we know angels are here because your word says they are. They're always camped around the righteous. So Father, we thank you for your angels that are ministering spirits sent forth to them that are heirs of salvation. Lord, we pray that they will minister even now. They give us messages, mantles, things from the Father. Whatever the Father wants to give us, we receive. And Jesus, come and do what you want to do. Touch our hearts. Set people free. Set captives free. Even wrong mindsets of the church and wrong the wrong blueprint or or things that you held on to. God's saying, just let it go. Let it go. Let it be a fresh start where you've reset on Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, very good. Even if you have to repent. Repentance is a beautiful thing. To change your thinking. Jesus said. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. God's kingdom is at hand. God's kingdom is available. And there is a king to his kingdom. Jesus is the king and he's available right now. And the repentance is a beautiful thing because we say, Lord, yes, I don't want to go the way I've been going. I turn around. I change my thinking. I change my perspective. I change my priorities. I give you my heart. give you my life. You are worth it, Lord. You are worth it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let your love just touch us and overwhelm us. Bring healing, Lord. Deep healing, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are nothing without you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Father.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Bring a holy brokenness, Lord. We totally, totally depend on you, every one of us. I really don't know what else to do. I just have a sure.
2: As we were praying there, I just had a uh, picture of someone with cataracts. You know, cataracts are, it's a cloudiness on the lens of the eye. And uh, Mary had them, she had cataract surgery and they put new lenses in, they took the lenses out. But I just had this picture of when we look, you don't see clearly if you have cataracts. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, for some of us, when you look at Jesus, there's something between you and Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's a cataract. Now, if you, in looking at Jesus, see the things you haven't done right, That's a cataract. That's good. If you, in looking at Jesus, see a hurt that someone else did to you, that's a cataract. If you, in looking at Jesus, see someone else's sin, that's a cataract. And I just felt just like Jesus healed a guy who was blind. He wants to bring
0: Mm.
2: healing, a new lens. He just wants to remove that that we're not seeing those things, but we're seeing him. Mm -hmm. Because what happens with cataracts, when when Mary actually went to the eye doctor eventually, her vision was getting worse. She felt she could still work through it. It got worse to the point where when she went to the optometrist, and you know they have the eye chart, the big E, she couldn't see that. They said, you're blind. Wow. (laughs) Now they removed that lens and gave her another one. And so there's something of an exchange. And as Leo was just sharing that, just something of the Holy Spirit. And so if there is that, we just allow the Holy Spirit right now that he's going to just do the surgery, remove yes, it. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Yes. Thank you for your presence. Yes, Jesus. Removing those things, those cataracts. We want to see you. We want to see you. We want to see you.